when k and oh wait shit that doesn't matter four get rid of yes okay Well, okay, this one doesn't have a thing. We're going live. Hello. Hello. Episode 69, baby. Oh, episode 69! <laughs> oh my god. You know what that means, guys. What does it mean? I don't know. Oh. I always thought it was like, um... I gotta keep it PG here. Food, push to shout podcast episode sixty nine. Uh, Skippy, what's up? Uh, you've been watching. We're late this... again because of me. Yeah, we're a minute late. Oh well, we're an hour and a minute late. Yes, sorry. Uh, oh well. I'm sorry, I have friends. Anyway, I'm dedicated to the podcast. I don't let I don't let friends and family responsibilities get in the way I'm of like our text the fans. Squad. Fam. Hold on a sec. I'm gonna text my fam. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've, I have you been watching the CS:GO tournament in Columbus? No, I didn't think so. But I'm not gonna be that guy and say I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch. I do. I, 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 I haven't watched. I haven't watched esports in like probably half a year. But uh, with this tournament coming up, I started watching some more of it and. It's it's a lot of fun, man. So far, it's been really good. They've got this North American team, Team Liquid, and uh, they've been doing very well. They beat Fnatic, and you know that's a big deal. And so I actually uh, don't. Is Fnatic Fnatic's the best like, team in the world? The best. Right now. Okay, yeah. all right. That and, was ninjas uh, in pajamas when I was. Yeah, watching. but that's been, it's been a while since they've been the best. Right. Um, so yeah, they beat them, and they're and they're moving on to the quarterfinals. And it's a big deal, and it was a really, really good match. It went to two overtimes. It was crazy. Really? Yeah. Um, That's not common. No, I, I, I actually like. I highly, highly recommend going and watching that match, uh, downloading it on CS:GO or whatever, because it was fucking awesome. I, I, I okay. I really, really liked that match. It's probably going to be the best one in the tournament. Um, and also, if I cool. watched it, I would probably just watch it on like Twitch or something. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also cool that a North American team is doing really well because that never happens. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I won't waste We're everyone's sure. time with esports. But it is it is fun to watch. I, I really do like it. And um, uh, I feel like I had something else to say about it, but I probably don't because it's esports. Who gives a shit, right? CS:GO is funding my Dark Souls three purchase with that stupid sticker I got, I got ages ago. Did I say on the podcast I got over fifteen? I got fifteen dollars and one cent exactly um, off of basically CS:GO skins and stuff. Nice. Like not good ones, just ones that I just earned over time that were like it adds up. Yep, and I don't care about that. Some stuff. suckers will pay for it. Yeah, I know someone with like a hundred dollar knife or something like that, and they won't sell it, and I think they're crazy. Um, but I gotta be cool. I guess. Uh, I got to impress the fam on CSGO. Yeah. Um, but in more exciting, I guess more exciting, I started playing, I bought and started playing Rainbow Six Siege. Really? Okay. It's good. I like it. That, oh, that's right. I I had thought that you had it because well, it I, seemed like your kind of game, but you did I owned it for like an hour and 58 minutes and then okay, I refunded right. it. <laughs> um, really? Well, Why? because it was $60 and it didn't feel like it was worth $60. And What I, made you pick it back up? 
Uh, it was forty dollars. <laughs> okay. And it felt like it might be worth forty dollars because I know I know some people who play it still play it and were willing to play with me. So I was like, fuck it, it'll be fun. Even if I don't like it that right. much, I'll at least get some time out of it. And I actually ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, it's it's hard as hell. Like even now, yeah. half the time I die, I'm just like, what the fuck? I I don't yep. know how that happened. Um. It can be frustrating. Yeah, like almost the entire game is about like finding, <laughs> wedging yourself into like places where yes. people can barely see you, but you can shoot out of like a tiny little hole or something. And once you, once you figure out how to look for those and how to do them yourself, it starts to make sense. It, it's just like like CS:GO skills don't carry over, and I kind of thought they would. I noticed that. Yeah, I thought that it was going to be a lot like it, but it really wasn't. No. Uh, it's kind of hard to pin down how it's different, but it definitely prioritizes like your aim yeah. less. I, 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 I don't want to say it's like more tactical. I know it has more tactical features, but it's just more diverse. I think. Yeah, I think more um, stuff you can do, more variety. No, I, yeah, I don't think it's more tactical. I actually would say CS:GO is more tactical from like a team strategy standpoint of like, what are I we going to do? How are we going to throw these grenades? Stuff like that. It's simpler, but it's it's. It, it rewards you for playing that way way more Yeah, because rainbow six feels more like uh, it's still team oriented, but like you, 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 it's relying on you and your individual skill to win. It could be that there are optimal, there probably are optimal ways to play siege, like perfect positions that are like, I don't know, in uh, game theory, they call it a, a mixed strategy where you do something one person, like, you, you know, you yeah. split yourself between different strategies, but there is still like a dominant set of strategies. It seems like that's possible, but because of the level I play at, I haven't played it in a while, but you can just run upstairs and wait behind a bed just in a stupid place just to try to trick somebody and yeah. get them. And it works. Yeah. And it's cool. It, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to play that game enough to get to like, you know, super competition. I'm not going to sit right. down and play siege and, you know, for a for a hot gaming sesh, but it's it's cool for what it is. And I could see people getting into it at, the, at that level too. I, I I know that they're trying to make it an esport or whatever, and and I think there's some people who play it professionally, maybe. Like but it. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted because my pants smell like fucking sour milk. Let me give you. Okay, here's a story. One of the sketches. <laughs> it's really distracted me. So, one of the sketches we did at our show. Uh, required me to drink like fake cum into my mouth and oh, yeah, spray it out, and it was this. you know half and half, uh, uh, two packets of half and half I had in my pocket. And in the sketch before it, I had to like squat down and put my my hands like you know on my sides, and I wound up crushing a whole container of half and half in my pocket of these jeans, and it just you know it was all down the leg and everything. And I washed them; they still smell. Damn, dude. I have to take my pants off live on stream. I think that's what we got to do. Now. Oh God! Don't this worry, really is episode it's sixty-nine. Be in the mystery, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Things just things just got to all a in the new spirit. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm gonna keep playing. I'm gonna here keep we go. Siege. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep playing Siege. I can breathe. <laughs> it's 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 rewarding for those like individual matches, individual rounds or moments where the best the best thing that happens hold in the that fucking game, phone. Cut. Breaking news literally just broke. Cut Metal Gear Solid 5 story DLC. 
coming out. What? I don't know if I should trust this. I For some like reason, I'm still part of the I V group on Steam. I'm going to fact check this. But, uh, okay, let me let me check it. You keep talking about whatever. This is exciting. So I can well, see I can't it, talk about this is This is huge if it's true. Let me check. Okay. Nope, it's fake. Okay, good. Uh, you know, I might be able to, I might be, <laughs> I might be able to show you guys. Uh, it was a Steam announcement, um, and it was a link to the source. And uh, let me let me see if I can. I don't know if OBS will get. Whatever, it's a fucking troll face. Uh, That's it. Nice. Okay, so I've been had. You know what day it is? Grand total of ten seconds. No, it's the fucking thirty first of March. Yep. That gets me. It's not April Fool's yet. You yeah, but if you really want to fool someone, you have to do it on the Ooh. 31st. So you really have to be on your toes on the 31st, because it's just expected yeah. on the 1st. You know, I don't, yeah, like, but I don't like the way whatever. April Fool's has gone on the internet where people make it... Like I liked it. There was a time on the internet where the April Fool's jokes, they tried to make them... They tried to really trick people, and now it feels more like, at least with the major websites and stuff, they make it really, really obvious... Like it's uh-huh. like an onion style thing of like, oh, this is really obviously not true, and I I feel Obama like Obama just took a shit on yeah the steps of the Supreme it Court. It doesn't uh, it doesn't have the same appeal. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? Rainbow Six Siege. But what good. if I was just trolling all of you? And what if it actually is coming out? That would be a crazy swerve. Uh, <laughs> I God. I don't even know if I'd want that to come out, though. I, yeah, it's like it's we've not, already been disappointed yeah. in the game. I'm, yeah. That's not going to make us any less disappointed, and I wouldn't want to pay the thirty dollars that <laughs> Konami would probably <laughs> want you to pay for it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Rainbow Six Siege—it's worth it for those moments. So, like, everyone's holed up in a room, and you can hear people stomping around on the ceiling and shit, and you're trying to figure out where they're going to come in from, and then everything just happens at once. Yeah. Like they blow up the wall, and then a flashbang comes in, and it. And, like, it can be over in 10 seconds. And I had one that was so quick and so confusing that they barely killed anyone. I think they killed, like, two people on the defense defensive team that I was on. They jumped in through the window, grabbed the hostage, and jumped out of the window and won the game. <laughs> because That'll nobody work. knew what That'll the fuck was it. going on. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool. I, I, I'm glad that someone's making it a kind of like, – it's very unique. I, I can't really compare it to anything. I mean, it's five v five, so you can compare it to Counter Strike, but it doesn't play the same. It doesn't doesn't have that that same uh, appeal. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I I like it. Yeah, it's a cool game. And it's on. Well, it's not on sale anymore. That was we should play that sometime because yeah. I haven't played it in a long time. Yeah. I'm willing to get back into it. Um, on my end, not much new. Uh, made some substantial progress on the Earthbound commentary. I'm just going to keep plugging away at that. Um, I'm enjoying the process a lot more than I thought I would. I've been taking like many, many pages of handwritten notes and I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun making this video. So, you know, I hope it turns out well. And what else? Uh, I played something. can't remember what, but I played it. Cool. I'll remember. Probably. Oh, Resident Evil 5. Okay. What? I started playing Resident Evil 5 with um, a guy named Carlos i do beef tart ass cast with him. And, uh, okay, so I have only played Resident Evil 4 and, like, some of the remake of the first one on PC. Uh, I heard Resident Evil 5 is going to be silly. 
I had no idea it was going to be that silly. Like, I, I am having so much fun playing co-op Resident Evil 5. Like, it is fucking absurd. Uh, okay, tell me if this is, sounds wait, like classic Resident, Resident Evil. 5, is this the one that, like, takes place it's in, one in Africa? It's the one in Africa, yeah. I've heard so, very good things about that co-op, yeah. You, you gotta play it with somebody. Yeah. You have to. Like, somebody who hasn't played it yet. Well, I haven't played it yet. I, I'm not going to spoil much because the silly moments are what really make it. But uh, there's, okay. Tell me if this sounds like classic Resident Evil to you. A turret section where where you and a partner are manning Gatling guns on the back of a truck, blazing through the savanna, gunning down zombie black people on motorcycles. So is it so bad it's hundreds good, and or hundreds, is it good yes, despite itself? Absolutely, okay. absolutely, so bad that it's good. Well, it, well, the game itself is like playable and, yeah. and fine. The game, like the game, works. So <laughs> it's just the story. Right. It, you know, it has no pretenses of what it is. It doesn't play it for laughs, but it's just so over the top. That's pretty good. That, yeah, it, you, it's great. Have you ever seen that? Um, they came out with a Cabela's game. Uh, yeah, and the, it was, you just slaughter a bunch yeah. of animals. The, uh, the guy who made the video, like the, a video of it, went viral, and like the game had been out for a while, I think, by the time he made it. Um, but it was just like a, it was literally just a like a few minutes of gameplay of the game unedited, and uh, and it went viral because nobody realized the game existed or was like that. And uh, and that guy was in ABF. His name's Combine Assassin. He's pretty cool, mm-hmm. but uh, he. Uh, he just made that video, and I was watching it, and just like those games have always been ridiculous. If you ever played like the arcade version, where it's like a bunch of animals run out at once, and you have to try to shoot as many as you can for points. Yeah. But that is a it was those were always like Call of Duty. Those were always the most expensive games in the arcade. Yeah, they're ridiculous. The Cabela's games, or in like the whatever Turkey Hunter Deluxe 2003 edition, they, they play that stuff professionally and shit. Like people Whatever. make money for that. They 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 do tournaments with prizes, and they were live streaming one a couple months ago. And at these tournaments, I think they hold them at bars or something. And so everyone's drinking, including the people playing the okay. game. Okay, all right, that's that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, it was it, like serious competition. I think I heard that they had to like, maybe kick it is, one of the. the I, I don't know. It's it. probably a combination, but I heard that they actually had to like kick out one of the players or something <laughs> like that because he was so drunk and disorderly. So yeah, it actually sounds like a. Pretty pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, I, they always fucking... It's the dumbest stuff they get you with. Because they want you to keep putting money in. Yeah. And so they want you to lose. So they'll always put, like, a buck right behind a doe. Yeah. And so it looks like the antlers are there, but, oh, wait, it's actually just one in front. And, and the people lose. who play it all the time know... Exactly. What's happen and they probably have like studied stuff. frame data, and they know that. Okay, but if you're well, playing the first time, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always liked. Um, God, what's? Do you did you ever have like a favorite game in in arcade? In arcade, yeah. Uh, I, I, I we never had like an arcade or like a dedicated arcade. Um, so I never played that many of them. So I, I'm just gonna say no. I never had one near me, but um, like in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, like w- my family would go up there for vacation all the time, and they had just a shit ton of arcades because that's you know what you have in tourist beach towns. And uh, I loved Time Crisis. You ever play that? Oh, maybe that game was so cool. That's a light gun game, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Time Time Crisis Two, 
and Time Crisis Three. I played. Time Crisis Two was like the like the feedback in the guns. They like recoil when you shoot, and you push the pedal down to like peek out and start shooting, and then you duck behind cover. It's really cool. Um, Sometimes there were these red enemies that are most likely to shoot you. Most of the time they just kind of miss you all the time and then you kind of pick them off. But sometimes a red one will pop out. But you still always had enough time to react if you were really being attentive. So it it felt like a fair light gun game, which is hard to find. It's hard to find any fair arcade games in general. Yeah, I I love Time Crisis. I got that on the PS2. They made a PS2 version of Time Crisis 3, and I played the hell out of that. I wish I still had that. That was a cool game. I had uh, I had the PS1 version of San Francisco Rush, which was a pretty good game. What's that? It's an arcade racer game take, mm-hmm. taking place in the streets of what looks like post-apocalyptic San Francisco, I guess, or like post-earthquake, maybe. Like, there's highways that are down, and they form ramps and stuff. And uh, it's super fast-paced and ridiculous and really, really hard. I remember, like, really struggling with it. Um, and and the, the main thing I remember is when you're choosing your cars, you basically choose how fast do you want to go? Like, it's like, here's the minivan, here's the compact car, here's the race car, and here's the extreme prototype car. And when you choose the extreme prototype car, a guy comes on the thing and says, it's dangerous! And and it, like, flashes red, like, dangerous car! And I was always afraid to choose it because it was so hard to control. The arcade games, like, that's the thing. You get in a racing arcade game, and part of it is just like, well, you never know how it's going to control, but, like... Those things are hard. They always control yeah. like shit, and 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 you lose, and then you put in more coins to try to get better. And I I always gravitate towards and, pinball games. And the other cars just they rubber band. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I always I always gravitate towards the pinball games because like they're fair and well, simple and really 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 satisfying. I love yeah, pinball. Yeah, pinball's great. It's great. I, yeah. South Park pinball. You ever played yes. South Park pinball? Yes. That is a good pinball game. There, there's a it's place, not um, challenging, really, but you can make that game last so long. Yeah, I mean, pinball's as challenging as you want to make it, because like, if you're really good that at it... That was my can... first exposure to South Park, yeah. is South wow. Park pinball. <laughs> and I weird. just remember, it, it was really weird and interesting, because it would, like, the characters would talk, and there was a big, like, Kenny, yeah. like, doll, I think. Is no, it it's, a, it's what would you call doll, it? wasn't it? It's, I, I think it's a Cartman. Well, you can hit Kenny and kill him. Oh, okay, Kenny's inside, but, but Cartman is, like, there's, like, a... Cartman there is a big Cartman. Thing. <laughs> I don't think you can hit him though. But no. there's a toilet and um, but I didn't know what any of the characters are. Yeah. So like my dad would play really it sometimes bizarre. and I, I would watch. Yeah, it's it was <laughs> cool. My dad would play it and I just hear all this shit because the characters talk at you yeah. as you play. And so I'd hear like Chef come on and just hey, children and I, I had no idea what was going on. And then uh, Mr. Hanky just kind of wails sometimes. Yeah. I don't even know what triggers it, but he just goes it makes it a good cool. pinball. Like, cool. All those different sounds make a great pinball game. It's, it's a really active a pinball game. Yeah, um, There's a stupid pinball game. I, I hold a grudge against this pinball okay. game to my grave. I forget what it's called, but it's a stupid like bowling pinball game where there are pins at the top and uh, there's like little triggers underneath them. You don't actually hit the pins because that'd be too fun. Right. Um, you roll over these pins and it like detects... But it just sucked. It's the pinball the gap that in the middle was so big. And yeah, you get those ones that incorporate like uh, 
detecting the ball with the lasers and stuff like that. And it, that completely ruins the satisfaction of hitting yeah. things hard enough to make them fall down and stuff like that. Uh, that's what makes a pinball game great. But uh, there's a place in Birmingham that uh, I don't know how new it is, but it's, I think it's fairly new. But it's a uh, it's one of those bar arcade combinations. And uh, it's called Paramount, and it's pretty awesome because you can take your beer back there, play on the arcade games, and play skee ball, which is like free on Tuesdays or something like that. And they have the they have the uh, they have that uh, South Park pinball game, and they have uh, one of the race. It's not Daytona, but it's one of the popular racing games. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, it's they have some classic ones in there too, like Galaga and all that. I I could never really see myself buying an arcade cabinet. They're but super expensive. I could, I could see myself one day buying a pinball machine for my house. They're even more expensive. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, it would be cool though. Someday, someday. Yeah, and it it's something cool. like I feel like you don't get that tired of it. Like it's something you can kind of keep going back right. to and challenging yeah. your high school scores. So, yeah, that's that, you're right. If I had to choose, I would choose the pinball, even if it was more expensive, because it's like. What's the point in even owning an arcade? These it's days, like, especially in arcade like, you cabinet, it you're just probably, you're playing a computer game yeah, standing up. Yeah, um, I get pinball. It. You can't replicate digitally, or at least not have it be any fun. Right. Besides that, really iconic Microsoft Windows pinball game. Probably better in retrospect, though. Um, all right. Is is there anything <laughs> else for you to talk about? Did you play you you played a game and you couldn't remember it? Did you ever remember? No, it, it was Resident Evil right. Five. Right. Okay. We're back on track. On track. Do you want to talk about VR? We're back on the rails. Um, well, I guess I'll, before we talk about VR, I'll, I guess I'll just mention I released a video on uh, the PlayStation 4K. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about the PlayStation 4K. Man, yeah. We, could do it, whatever. we can talk about but, it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But before we get into the issues itself, um, I'm going to make more videos like that. Because that video took me like two, three hours to make. Um, it's something that I can make regularly. Uh, I look back, and in retrospect, that gameplay art in the world video, I can't even say its name without feeling bad. Oh. I was trying too hard to be, like, fucking Morpheus. Um, <laughs> I was, I was like, trying to, uh, to do another one of that uh, separating gameplay and art right. videos. And you, you can't do that. So I think I'll just make videos like that more often just talking about something right um most of that wasn't really scripted it was just kind of talking and if it didn't sound right i'd re-record it but you're gonna turn it's something we can do regularly It'll be fun. yeah i'm gonna be a vlogger um i, I hate I'm that, gonna be a ranter i hate that the words blog and vlog have become so rightfully uh tarnished because of how many people do it obnoxiously but I, I've yeah. watched I've watched plenty of vlogs and vloggers and enjoyed them fine. It's just that saying that word makes you cringe. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, especially vlog. Yeah, because of the history, um, um, like the vlogging of the 2007 2008 YouTube days with like uh, those were dark times. Lonely girl 15, remember her? No. The actress no. who was paid to make fake vlogs. Yeah, I do remember something about that, but I, I, I think I've repressed it, so don't even remember. Oh, I remember. Uh, <laughs> you don't forget. Good times. Back when Smosh was the most uh, subscribed channel on YouTube. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, PS, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about PS4K. Yeah. Um, so uh, we still don't know all that much specifically, um, but some of what I was afraid of seems to be, or not, not afraid, but concerned 
like it meaning shorter console generations, moving toward a model that's like incremental upgrades yeah. on shorter. That seems to be happening. Um, at, there were rumors. It's a leak still. There's no official confirmation. But uh, it was some source that spoke to the Wall Street Journal um, who says it, it does mean a movement away from the traditional console generation. And that seemed likely. I don't know. Some people watch the video I made and they're like, what are you talking about? Consoles aren't going to die overnight because people are going to buy Steam. But I don't think that's going to happen. But it, there's clearly a change in like the next console. That doesn't mean the same thing anymore. I don't think it's going to be a monumental step forward every six years anymore. It's going to be smaller yeah. steps forward more frequently. In your video, you kind of treated it as eventually leading to basically the death of consoles. That's that's the vibe I got. Well it's I didn't well, I don't think it's going to or like really. I think it's I think it's possible. Maybe not the death and, of consoles, but the death of well the death of consoles as we know it and therefore the death of consoles as you prefer it and like it, right? What I this is what I think is gonna happen. Or is likely. I think that exclusives are what make consoles worth buying when compared to a PC. That some people are just going to buy a console because that's what they know. You're not going to change those people's minds. They'll just buy the new PlayStation. But there are there is a demographic of consumers that makes a conscious decision, and I think it's bigger than people give it credit for, and they make decisions based on what games they can play. Yeah. And I think that if there are exclusive games that run on the newer ones and just by the way hardware works eventually the new stuff's not going to be able to run on the older stuff however that happens then it's going to weaken the exclusives power to sell the system because people are going to realize that the investment they're making in a console isn't paying the same dividends anymore so I, That's what I. Think. I pretty much agree with that. I think I think that um, I think it's straight up a bad business decision, basically. Um, I, I I think the the potential benefits that you're talking about that that have been hinted about, which is like higher resolution stuff, that doesn't matter to the majority of consumers, and therefore, if people feel like more people, you, I feel like more people are going to feel betrayed or annoyed or not willing to upgrade than people who care at all about whether their games are running better. Um, people play, you know, people play games that don't run well. Um, God, there's been some bad examples recently, like Just Cause 3 and stuff, that come out on console running like shit with terrible frame rates. People don't even notice. The, the mainstream gameplay gamer, they might, you know, they might say, well, I don't really like that game, and, and they can't put their finger on it. But they don't know that's why they don't like that game. Uh, and so I, I feel like that's, it's a weird thing where it's like, they're trying to appeal to hardcore gamers who want better graphics. Well, I still think gamers, people, but... I still think everybody knows what more powerful means. Sure. And that's how they'll sell it. But they don't necessarily know. They don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with the power they're getting. Probably. I would assume. Cause it's... I don't think they, I don't think they think there's a problem with what they're getting either. So why would they but, upgrade? Well, why would anyone, I, I think that it's a, Unfortunately, it's a smart business decision. Really? Um, yeah. So, back in the day, 
when there were substantial like differences in how the new console could render graphics or the sound chip that it used to play sounds like they're generated live by a, a part a yeah. piece of computing hardware they're not audio files so back then changes in hardware were pretty big and um they they meant a substantial change and they had to last now when you know m- so multi-platform games are basically the norm and when a game is exclusive it's really never because it can't run on another console. No, it's never. It's just never because it's the license, and that's you know where the money came from. So, really, I think that these upgrades aren't gonna. I'm having trouble phrasing this. I'll try to bring it back to where I was going to end up. That there is a group of people who have a PS4 and will be willing to buy a PS4K. There is some non-zero group of people like that. And when they release the new thing, they're going to buy it. There's also a group of people who have been waiting to buy a PS4 and will take this as their cue to do so. That they've finally updated it and now it's going to be better. This is the time. It's a mature piece. you know. So they're going to get those people too. Oh, I remember where I was going with the, the old console thing. Back then, there's like... They couldn't afford to keep making incremental upgrades to the consoles. They just had to innovate and make that last, and then they had a new thing that did something new. Now when it's just, like, new processing power, more of it, they can't sell that. Yeah. I keep getting lost. Well, fuck, he, fuck here's, me. here's what I think is going to actually just happen. Just give me a second. You, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get my point across while you uh, go back your thoughts. <laughs> Um, I think what's going to happen is I think that this is basically going to be, you know, PlayStation always comes out with a PlayStation Slim version of their console. And it's like it can be predicted that it will come out. And usually that version isn't, sometimes it has upgraded hardware kind of, but it's mostly just like, it's the same thing, but maybe they replaced the graphics card with some different one just because whatever. Um, Not specifically because it's more powerful. But this time I'm willing to bet that the PlayStation 4K will be the PlayStation Slim and it will be upgraded to be a little more powerful. And that maybe it'll be touted as being able to run, I guess, run the VR without that external box. But I don't know what, what the point of that is because the VR is sold with the box anyway, unless you start selling it without the box and then it's cheaper. I, I guess maybe that's the idea. Um, or maybe it'll have more features than that. Maybe it'll it'll be able to do some more things. But... I, I I don't see I just can't imagine Sony moving towards the smartphone style like here's this year's version or here's this three years later here's I don't the new think it'll ever get later. quite as bad as as phones it's yeah. not going to be annual uh, I think that's too short but I think it'll be a lot more frequent maybe twice as frequent as we get them now I remembered what I was going to say so it's called consumer surplus there's like a certain amount that consumers are willing to pay for something. And if the price isn't like always exactly adjusted to what every individual person is going to be pay paying, then there's like this gap. So some people would pay $600 for a PS4 because they want one that bad, but most people wouldn't. So it's priced at $350. And so the person who values it high still pays a lower amount. Now, 
optimally, they would release a console every day, and it would have slightly more power, and they would get exactly the number of people who are willing to pay more and upgrade more frequently. But it costs money to put a new console together, and it costs money to market it and all that stuff. And back then, this is where I was going with the older consoles, they just couldn't afford to make a new console because the expectation was always substantially new hardware, new chips, all that. They could only afford to make new consoles over those long periods of time. If they could have, it would have been profitable to release one three years after the original console, but they just couldn't afford to do that. Now they can't afford to do that because the difference between a PS4 and a PS4.5 isn't some drastically new GPU or something. It's just like more RAM or, you know, processing power. Now they can afford to make these incremental upgrades in a way they couldn't before, I think. But unless that upgrade does something substantial that, that can actually be measured, like that... It can. But what is it going to be? 4K? Because I don't believe that. I don't think it's going to be 4K games. Um, but what can they say? Like, oh, if you have the new Uncharted game, you can get better lighting, better shadows. Like, what? I, I, well, I frame can't rate imagine. would be one. But they want, but they want people who have the original one to feel like they're getting the optimal frame rate. Because if you say, "Well, well, this one will have better frame rate," then it's going to be like, "Well, what the hell?" So mine's yeah. going to have what the hell? Uh, not I so should my upgrade. frame rate's not going to be good enough. I, I should upgrade. Some people or will maybe, say, that. or maybe they'll say, I, "Well, why, why don't I just buy the Nintendo NX or whatever?" Or yeah, that or was my Xbox point. One. That some people are going to be like me are going to be turned up, by, turned off by this. I think a lot of people would be and. Normally, I don't know, like, I know that you question what is this going to do, but there's been corroboration from now multiple sources that this isn't like a slimmed down PS4. This is, it's going to have at least one new feature. It's going to do something the old one doesn't in some way, whether that's just running games better or maybe it upscales to 4K or it's going to do something better or something new that the PS4 doesn't. It's not just like, you know, it, the PS4 doesn't need slimming. It's already pretty small. I'll tell you what, the only thing that I could imagine that would be a substantial upgrade that wouldn't be super costly and that would be kind of a good idea would be solid-state drive. You know, that would be it. It's like, hey, this will load your games super fast and whatever. That, uh, that very well could be it. It could be. Um, a solid-state drive would... yeah. It would, it, it would improve load times. It would improve load times in all games. Way. Yeah. Hmm. And it yeah, could potentially. It would. It would. You know, they. Part, one of the selling points of the, the of both the Xbox sense. and the PlayStation originally was uh, being able to like put it in sleep mode and have it uh, wake up instantly or whatever. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. And they neither of them really got it right at launch. And I don't know how they work now. I don't own either console, but a solid state drive would be much easier to do something like that on for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see what happens. Um, I think for Microsoft, it's a good decision. We talked about this last time. Microsoft would be a good decision because they're. I think what they're going to do is basically merge the PC and console together and just make make what is essentially a PC that goes in your living room and has the what, what is basically Steam OS, Windows Ten, operable oper, operable with a controller and optimized for games. Um, yeah, I, I think they finally found a way to compete with. Steam. Definitely. I, I think I actually think Microsoft, if they keep this up, if they keep up the direction they're going, which 
who knows what will happen because they've, they've been they've done something like this before with games for windows live and it didn't work out but if they do stay stick with it i think that they would be very successful in the long run uh, and it's a great idea i want to address one point somebody made in the comments which is that most people don't give a shit about pc they, they're not aware of it no. and so it doesn't matter i think that's true but i also think sony and microsoft aren't stupid they can see, like everyone else can, that PC game gaming, PC gaming is exploding in popularity. Yeah. It's more popular than it ever has been. Um, more money is being spent on the PC, PC hardware, Steam games. It's bigger than ever, and it's growing a lot. It's growing quickly, and they probably figure they're doing something right. We should probably try to do something similar because those same principles probably work on any customer. Right. Yeah. So a strong store, digital games, that's already happened um, with like, you know, the preloading PS4 games. They're, they're like aware that that's something they need to do. And I think this is another thing like that. The yeah. people are willing to pay for more incremental And another thing they'd be able to consoles. do potentially is make a console that doesn't necessarily run all of their triple A games and stuff, but maybe it runs some of their arcade games. It's a but it's it's something that you're buying essentially to watch Netflix and stuff on. Because like I guarantee you a huge a huge amount of, of console owners basically just use their consoles for watching streaming video. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I know several people who only use it for that. And they, they got it to play games, but then they don't they, they kind of stopped buying them for it and they just watch videos on it. And if if Microsoft made one of those and called it like the Xbox Lite or something like that, whatever, sold it for $150. I don't think it'd work anymore. I think that'd people, work fine. Pe- people can spend $50 on a Roku stick. Yeah, uh, yeah, but people shouldn't be buying people that's that's where things get really illogic and people are buying on ignorance because there's no point in buying a Roku stick when most of the people buying those probably already have a smart TV that does all the same thing. You know, like that stuff's crazy. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Whatever. Uh, it, it is interesting though. And I, I do think, uh, I, I like it because it seems to me like uh, moving forward, you're going to have less. I don't like exclusive games. I think exclusive games are a waste because you make these, you make this amazing game that only a portion of the population can play. And that sucks. Um, and, and so anything that moves away from that, it's good in my eyes, and I, 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 I feel like this this moves away from that. I don't agree. This is the most troubling part of it to me, is not them becoming more like phones and me not having the latest hardware because I'm less willing to upgrade. I'm worried that exclusive games will disappear because they're some of the most interesting games that get made. And yeah. games that are that polished and have budgets that big, when they're multi-plat, published by big publishers, they don't take as many risks as exclusives do. Exclusives have to differentiate themselves creatively from the competition. That Bloodborne is not something you can get on the Wii U or the Xbox One. That it's it's unique. Right, same with Uncharted. It's like an Indiana Jones adventure game. They're not like your your first person shooter, your Madden. Those are the kind of games that you can justify to the board at EA to yeah. receive a big budget. 
but publishers are willing to invest a lot of money in ideas that are riskier than usual because they know that they have to differentiate themselves. And if people are less willing to be loyal to consoles and buy consoles, then you're going to see fewer exclusives. So I would be really sad to see exclusives disappear. I, I just don't they, think... It's, it's not great that you can't play them if you don't have the console, but they wouldn't have gotten made if not for the financial incentives that the publishers have to produce them. I, I just don't think a ton of really unique games come out on the PC, like a huge amount. And a lot of them are low-budget indie games. Um, but I, I don't see that as like a console exclusive. Like I, yeah, you're right that there may, might be a little more incentive to make unique things to stand out. Uh, but it's easy, it's easy to kind of get lost. Right now, more games by volume are being made than ever before. And, and tons of them are doing crazy stuff that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. I mean, the witness that I played, like that's, there's no other game like that. People compare it to mist, but it's completely unique. And, um, even Rainbow Six Siege, it's a first-person shooter that goes by a lot of the same formulas as far as like the shooting mechanics and stuff. Um, but it is unique, entirely. Unique. I'm not going to deny there are lots of unique, creative multiplat or PC games. I'm just saying that there are a great many creative, innovative games that are exclusive to consoles and only exist because the publishers paid for them and were willing to take a risk that big budget multi-plat producers like EA wouldn't be I think if you take. take Nintendo out of the equation, that no longer becomes true. You think? Yeah. So, Uncharted... Uncharted, Halo, I mean, how Bloodborne. original is Uncharted, really? It's I, not that it's super original, but it's at least, like, somewhat different than your average Somewhat different. Shit. It's a well-made adventure thing that... Yeah. You don't see that made in a high budget, usually. Um, but it does get... Really, I mean, or the ever, last, the last on that of us, production scale. Didn't The Last of Us come out on PC eventually, or is no, it still PS4? No, no, okay. PS3, PS4. Um, but I just feel like... I don't know. I, it's it's original, but, but it's not... I mean, I don't know. It, it, there's just not that many... I wouldn't I cry wouldn't... if those games disappeared. But I think they they offer something. And I don't want that to go away. Because... It, you're, it's not like you're gaining anything when they go away. You're just losing exclusives. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I feel like those games will still get made. I don't know. Naughty Dog yeah. makes a unique kind of game, and Naughty Dog is exclusive to the PS4, but there's there's plenty of developers like that. And who's to say if the PS4 disappeared tomorrow that Naughty Dog wouldn't still make the kinds of games they do just for other platforms? I, I think they would. I think people would be willing to pay for that. It's Naughty Dog probably could. That it works, first of all, but but that there's a place for that. And um, I don't know. I, I Bloodborne? I, just, I, I come back to, to Destiny in my mind that Bungie went on on their own they got a huge amount of money from Activision, and they made a bland, soulless sure piece did. of crap. And they were brilliant. Like I'm not saying that the case proves some rule, but I just think that there's there's more of an incentive to differentiate the game you're making from your competition if it's an exclusive. Maybe. I, I don't want to make a 
a point stronger than that. I think I'll just leave it at that level. That there are there are incentives in place right now that make certain exclusives unique and happen. I think it's a good argument. I, I, I'm not sure I agree just because I think there's publishers out there, including even EA, that are willing to make change. I mean, EA's how Really? Yeah, they they make they they're making indie games and stuff that uh they made a big deal out of out of it on the last like like that's what's that yarn game? Um, yarn. Game. It's like a two D platformy kind of atmospheric art. I don't know how good it ended up being, but it's that it, it, they made a big deal out of saying like, okay, look, we're trying new things. We're making we're giving chances to unproven developers, and uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't come to fruition yet, but maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I don't know. It, there was a time when EA was making tons of unique games for all the platforms, uh, and then they stopped. <laughs> but uh, then they stopped making money too. So you know, I, I, we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right now it's it's. I totally admit the speculation, but you know, there are possibilities in front of us. Some of them concern. The bottom me. line is that. Personally, the selfish side of me says, "Well, I wouldn't lose anything from exclusives being going away because I don't get to play them yeah, anyway because I, I don't own any of the consoles." So it's like, yeah. it's like if, if if there's even a chance that those developers would start making stuff for the PC instead, great, great for me, you know. And I think a lot of my distaste for exclusives falling out of vogue just comes from how much I love Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, yeah. I was about to say Bloodborne is basically a Souls game, and Dark Souls Three is coming out on PC. Um, yeah, but Dark Souls wouldn't exist without, without Demon Souls. Souls, which was exclusive. Yeah, you're right. Well, all right. Anyway, so yeah, there's lots to think about, and not many answers yet. <laughs> no. We'll find. We'll find out. I, I sure am glad Metal Gear Solid Five wasn't exclusive. <laughs> I would have had to buy I a guess. fucking PS4, and then I would have been super disappointed. Although I still loved that game, but still. All right. VR. I can't say I love that game. I love it, man. Okay, VR. <laughs> VR. Uh, the Oculus Rift came out this week. Uh, officially. Oh. If okay. you pre-ordered it, I think you get a copy. You're supposed to get a copy Tuesday or Wednesday or something. And uh, and they're going to be rolling it out to people who ordered copies. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but they're not in stores. They probably won't be for a while. Um, but people have had a chance to go through their store, the Oculus store and look at a bunch of games. And I got to say, it looks like garbage. Um, really? The software side of things. Yeah. The, the product, everything I'm hearing is like, yeah, it's fine. It's exactly. What do you mean? The software side of things, the quality of the games and the way that they're being sold. Like VR. So like Oculus comes with, the store being it's like a steam interface basically okay and uh and there's a bunch of what seem like i guess they're oculus exclusive games you can't get them anywhere else and you can't play them without an oculus and uh and it's just a huge list of garbage uh, just total okay, garbage I was, that sounds totally plausible yeah. uh kind of new yeah i was just happen. i just wanted to check because really what would make me want to buy it is like VR compatible games, like playing a game that I already Elite Dangerous. Played. I want to play that in VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe a, got a horror game. We talked about that. I think 
on Skype after the last show, right? Yes. Talked about Playing PT, how amazing that would be in VR and how I yes. probably wouldn't be able to do it. Can you just, <laughs> viewers, <laughs> imagine your entire field of vision just being this hallway mm. from PT. And that is all you can see as far as your eyes can detect things in their periphery. And that's that's it. That's your world. You're cut off from everything. Ugh. And that's all you can hear, too. And seeing that woman's face come out of the bathroom like, would be right in front of you? Cool. It would be awesome. It really would. And there are some horror games being made for VR and demoed and all that stuff that most of them, again, are, are complete garbage. And I mean... I knew it would be full of garbage, obviously. You've got these like single-person developers that are like, well, I want to try this VR thing out, and they've never made a game before, and they just do what they can. But I'm shocked at the quality of some of the stuff that's being sold for money, uh, just based on what I've seen from like, streams and stuff of people playing these things. And uh, it, it just feels like... So what it feels like is even, even for the games that had a big team... And we're being kind of played up as being like, okay, this is going to be an actual game, not just like a tech demo. Even most of those feel like it came from this point of like, okay, well, we have to make a game for VR. What are we going to do? And then they build the game around VR without thinking, how do we make the game actually fun? It's like, it's like, we, we, they, it's like they're making the game for a 10-minute demo. And you're supposed to say, well, that was cool. But if you own it, then what the hell are you going to do? You're not going to play it again because because it's not fun. It was just interesting that yeah. one time, and uh, that seems like what 99% of the games coming out for the for the Oculus are is just like this is a tech demo that's fun for a little while and and that's not worth owning or buying. Um, it, it, it's weird, and I, I I expected that, but not to this to this level where I like, I don't know if there's a single VR game that I've seen that I feel like, oh, I, I want to own that and play it. It's just kind of like, I want to try that, is, is all I think about when I see this, these games. Um, Eve Valkyrie is like their biggest, I'd say their biggest game that, that they've been playing up as being like, okay, this is our VR game. And it's a really, really watered-down, free-to-play, space deathmatch shooter game that doesn't look that much fun at all, really. Like, it doesn't look like it controls all that well. Like, it just, it looks like it's just made to demo the game, and that's it. And, yeah. It's weird. It sounds, I don't know. Because, I'm trying to think, why would they bother just putting out a catalog of shit that nobody cares about? And I think it's because they're, they said that they're not selling the Oculus at a loss, right? Uh, Sony said that they even. weren't selling theirs at a loss. I don't know about Oculus. Well, I don't okay, think so Oculus, if Oculus is making any money on the hardware, it's probably not much. That's right. why they had to bundle a bunch of crap. Yeah. And so, if they want to make money, they're probably thinking, we want to sell people the VR hardware, and they'll want to play a bunch of VR games that we sell them on our store that we make a lot of money from. I think that's the the logic. Probably. They want to be able to tell people we have a hundred and something games on our on our system, and they're kind of treating it like a system too, not like a peripheral. Mm. Like this VR is like the Oculus is a console almost. Like it's got its own yeah. store, its own interface, it's exclusive. And what you can't do, or what I've heard that you can't do, 
or you have to go through ridiculous methods to try to make it work, is say you own a game on Steam and you want to use it with an Oculus. I've heard that that's a very tenuous thing to try to to do. Like, it doesn't necessarily... Like, it tries to be exclusive. And that's crazy to me and weird and not what I thought they were doing. Yeah, because I think almost all of the appeal for this, for basically everybody, I know it for me, is just the hardware. I think it would be really cool to play a game that's taken up my whole field of vision and you know can yeah and, and when you imagine it, you, you usually imagine games that you've already played yeah like i imagine and just cause three i imagine uh uh pt and i imagine arma and i imagine elite dangerous i don't i don't sit there and say boy i hope they make some good games for the system no the games already exist the games that i want to play with it already exist i want to play the driving i want to play uh project cars it, it's not i don't know it's totally it's totally bizarre the position they're taking with it. And I think that they're in the long run, it's going to be unhealthy for them because it's going to end up being one of those things that a select number of people buy and their friends come over and they try it and never buy it because it's like, Oh, well that's Mm -hmm. neat. And that's it. And it becomes, maybe it's a Christmas present for one year. Although it's releasing too early to be a Christmas present by the time Christmas rolls around, by the time black Friday rolls around, people are going to have, are going to hear that. Oh, it's, it's not something you want to own. It's just something you want to try. And that's, it, it's, I don't necessarily get that vibe from VR in general, but Oculus in particular and the software that they're bundling it with, I totally get that vibe. Uh, vibe. I say vibe because I'm thinking of the yeah, vibe speaking of, as, a, yeah. as a contrary ideal because the stuff that they've been doing, demoing with it, a lot of that stuff looks more like a game. Exactly, exactly. I think the Vive knows what it is and knows what people want from it yeah. a lot more, or at least they've made the right decisions. Well, for one, it's going to come with those controllers. And from what I looked at the Oculus stuff, that stuff looks like it'll help a lot. Um, it, a lot of the games, they felt like they were designed to be used with controllers, but then they're now being used with just joysticks and stuff. And also Valve is doing the, you can walk around the room, thing by default and oculus isn't right now i think oculus is pretty constricted so it feels to me like yeah it's going to be more expensive but that the vive has more of like a okay you're actually buying a good experience that that's maybe lasting and has a lot more potential because really as a whole who's going to buy a vr thing it's not like an impulse buy where granny goes in there and oh that looks interesting yeah not not the moment at least they're people who are into it and they want to try it. Yeah. Especially now with this first generation of VR headsets. These are the early adopters who are super into it and want to try the new thing. They're looking for a premium experience. They know what they want from their software, and it's not a bunch of App Store bullshit. Yeah. They, they want these huge, immersive experiences that only VR can give See, them. aside from the Very price nice. point, Oculus feels like it, it's being designed to be sold on, on store shelves on Black Friday. It feels mm-hmm. like kind of like the Connect. It's like this gimmicky thing. Yeah, it does. It feels a lot like Yeah, it, it's this gimmicky thing that's really cool technology. And the Xbox, the Xbox One bundle doesn't help yeah, it's, that comparison. Yeah, it's really cool technology, and it, and it doesn't... I, it, it maybe even has potential. I don't know about the Connect having potential, but but it has potential, and 
but doesn't fulfill it yet. And not because the technology is holding it back, although in the yeah. case of the Kinect, maybe it was. But in the case of the Oculus, the technology works just fine, but it's not that much fun. And 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 from what I've seen of people who aren't like in the gaming sphere, but have heard of VR and what they're hearing from journalists writing about it and stuff is that the technology journalists are saying, well, maybe you hold off on buying this. And they're getting the impression that the technology is the problem when really it's not. Not it, the technology is okay. I mean, it needs to improve and it's going to get better, but it's good enough at the moment. It's just the, that there's nothing to play it with, and that's really. I just kind of assume that there'd be not all games, but a lot of games that would that you already have that would just be compatible with this. Me too. I start would be that too. And that doesn't. You can't do that. Not right now. Okay. And I thought worst well, case scenario, it'll be like oh, people making mods that you that you mod the game to be compatible with VR if the developer doesn't want to do it themselves. But but Oculus feels like a closed platform. And that's and and Sony is doing their thing that way too, where it's like Battlefront, even though it's on the PC, is gonna be a PlayStation yeah, at least, game only. At least on Sony's VR. closed platform is a platform that people see some value in. Yeah. Like nobody wants to be part of Facebook's closed platform. Yeah, that's that's weird too. Uh, but at least they're 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 avoiding putting the Facebook moniker on it at all. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's oh yeah, they're not suicidal. That's not in the mainstream consciousness. Lucky for them. But uh, it, but everybody who's buying a VR headset knows. Yeah, you're right. The people who are buying, it, you're right. The people who are willing to pay six hundred dollars or whatever, or and and have a PC. That's another thing. The PC to to be capable of running these things has to be ridiculous. It has to be a top of the line PC. 980. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the minimum specs were 970 and an i5 like modern i5. <clears throat> um and like I don't know how much RAM but 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 it's it, you need a beefy PC, you need an expensive one. So uh, whatever. I don't know. It's 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 it feels like kind of a bad move from Oculus. If I were them, I would have it doesn't feel like a disaster. It just feels like it's been missing. Like a bad somehow. move, exactly. It's definitely not a disaster because you've got three competing. When you've got three yeah. competing hardware coming out on the same year like that, like this, that's that means it's going to be. It's it probably has a future and it's going to be innovative on. But um, unless it's just a complete disaster, but I don't think it will be. But uh, the that's thing that like definitely. the thing I don't understand is why did Oculus make a more affordable, uh, simplified. Not necessarily the premium experience, but but good enough to get the point across thing. That's three hundred dollars, maybe three hundred fifty dollars, and sold it near Christmas when people would be buying it. Like, oh, this is a thing that we can buy. It's it's only for if I had to venture a guess, I'd say it cost them too much to make the hardware. That they probably wanted to sell it for less than they are. And it just costs too much for them. To but the make. So- Sony says they're selling their four hundred dollar thing at a, at a profit, and that comes with a thing that that makes it more powerful—a box that has computing power inside of it, uh, to boot. Um, I don't know what to. Make I don't know what to make of that either. That's crazy. We don't really know the specs no. and how they. Compare. And eventually we will. So you know, at least eventually these these questions will be answered. But it's it's weird to me yeah. right now, and it doesn't make sense. And and uh, I just. I'm just baffled at how bad some of it. So here's another thing. People haven't, people have been making a really big deal out of this, and I don't feel like it's a big deal. There's, there's this huge concern from developers on 
avoiding making people sick uh, while they're playing their games. And uh, generally, the idea is if you're in a cockpit, you know, if you're driving a vehicle that surrounds you, that moves when, when you move, then it keeps you grounded in a way that, that keeps you from getting sick because it's like, okay, I'm just in this cockpit. And when I, when I move yeah. my joysticks, it moves, but, but it doesn't feel weird. But if that you're just if but if you're just a character walking around, then it, it feels weird, and people try to avoid that feeling. And it it seems like they've gone to such lengths to avoid that that a lot of these games are crippled in this really weird way. Um, for example, uh, there's a puzzle game, and I can't remember the name of it, but it surrounds you with. Imagine the Deus Ex hacking. I mean, it doesn't really play the same way, but imagine the Deus Ex Human Revolution hacking mini game. Did you play that game? Okay. Uh, okay. But it surrounds you, and, and you're hacking into cores and stuff. All right. Uh, so you can look all the way behind you to do this game, but they didn't want to make you have to turn your head all the way around to look behind you. They wanted you to have the ability to move the joystick to move your field of view if you needed to. But they didn't want it to make it. They didn't want to make it one to one. Where I guess I guess you would get sick if you tried to rotate your view without rotating your head. So they did. So the the middle ground that they they settled on was that the screen fades to black. A little symbol appears with a little arrow on it, and it's in an octagon. Oh. And the arrow moves one notch to the right or one notch to the left, and then it fades out of black, and you're looking thirty degrees to the left or thirty degrees to the right, and it, it takes forever, and it doesn't look like it helps at all. It looks like it's more disorienting because now suddenly it fades to black and it fades back up, and you're looking in a different direction. You have to figure out where you are. And that looks now crazy. That... And it's like, why the fuck did they do that? Like, why not just make it even, – even if it's just a jerk, then at least that you can ch- change your frame of reference more easily. But I just that, don't get it. That kind of worries me because I don't think they would do something that stupid if there wasn't, like – a pretty consistent. There must be a huge amount of the population that, that that does have a problem with it. But I, I've also heard from people who have played dual joystick, looking around, walking around games that said that, that there's no problem. In fact, it seems like the majority mm. of people don't have an issue with it for the most part. So catering to a small amount of the population that gets sick. And another thing I've heard is that if you do get to the point where you're feeling sick and stuff, you can kind of move past it. Like if you kind of take a break, try it again. Take a break. Try I guess, it again, but like that can make all the difference for someone w- going to buy it. Like if you've got a friend who's got one, and you ask, "Hey, what do you think?" and they say, "I feel sick when I play <laughs> yeah, games. You're right. I feel like I'm going to throw up." Then it's like, "Hey, I'm not going to buy that." Yeah, I, I just unless you already know that it's not all people. People get and, sick but, riding you know, roller coasters too. I, I just I, you can't make everything please everyone. And that's true. I, I feel like Oculus has tried to what they want to do is please is please everyone. And so what they've done is they've made they've made the minimum specifications so high that maybe it's a little more than you actually need because they want the frame rate to be silky smooth. And they want the games to look good so that you're having the optimum experience and so that people who people don't half ass it and then say, Well, VR's not all that great. They're, they yeah. want to avoid that issue. And I understand that. But it feels like they've they've gone so safe with it that it's ruining any kind of initial innovation, uh, the kind of thing that people thought would be really cool, and and kind of 
it's almost like they've disallowed you to do interesting things based on this idea that some amount of the population isn't going to like that stuff. And I, I get it, but it feels, uh, I don't know. It's not something I'd buy. No, I definitely won't buy the Oculus for sure. I just, I just don't see any, I would, I would right now at the moment, if I had to choose, I'd be a five guy. I'd pay the premium price because it's like, shit. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to be dropping above $500. Yeah. On a virtual reality peripheral and first generation, these things exist. Yeah. Just why would you not shell out for the best one? Yeah. It's weird. And, um, and I hope, I hope eventually we get to the point where it's like, okay, VR has been established enough where people are willing to take more risks with it and not do this crazy stuff that restricts your, restricts your movement. And like for the Vive, because you're walking around in a room you can't just walk a long distance. So all the games incorporate some kind of like teleportation element to it. Some do it better than others, it seems like. Like there was one that I thought was really cool. Do you ever play the uh Unreal Tournament games where you had the yeah. teleport thing that you would launch? Yeah, yeah. It's basically that. Okay. And that works fine. That's cool. Uh and it looks like it's fun to use. But other games kind of do it in a way that's like really jarring and weird and like feels almost tacked on. But um, you know, they're trying. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just don't see what, like, I, I haven't tried it yet, or I have tried it. I've played Oculus Rift with a mouse and keyboard, and a game that you could walk around and look around in. And you're fine. And I was absolutely fine. Um, or maybe it was with a controller, but either way, it worked fine for me. So I guess I'm not one of those people. So I'm more baffled maybe than some people are about like, why the fuck are you restricting the movement in this really weird way and 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 making it. I, it's crazy to me. And, and there's videos of people playing like Team Fortress 2 with the dev kits where they're using a mouse and keyboard and they move the gun around separately from the head and they're not having any issues. Um, so I want to play Portal in VR. Sure. That'd be fucking cool. They have a game that's in like the Portal test chambers, but I don't think it's based on Portals. But, uh, but that's kind of what the game is. I think it's for the Vive. And I don't know if it's developed by Valve or like co-developed or anything. But... It, it looks kind of polished, and it's like an infiltration game where you're kind of like stealthing through an office, and that's the one where you shoot the little teleporter. And another thing you can do is like you have like a thing on your wrist or in your hand that I think if you shoot the teleporter and you look through like a little circular thing on your your hand, it'll show you the perspective of where your little item is. That, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because that's not that's not a concession. No, it's and with like the with the controllers, element. it'd be cool to like put your hand up, shoot a thing hands. over there. Yeah, and... you're shooting with your right yeah. hand, and you're looking here, and you can move it around, like look in the other direction and stuff. And that's like Portal kind of. It's that same look to it. And uh, and then another cool thing is like you pick up throwing knives and you hold them in your hand with like some kind of. It's got like some technical oh, cool. device that, to excuse all this weird stuff, and you can throw the knife by actually flicking it at things. I, th- I guess you let go of a trigger or something like that, and and it's one to one. Like it throws where you're actually trying to throw it, and it looks like it's actually easy to use and works really well. And that's and that awesome. technology. That technology has definitely improved yeah. past the the Wii. It would be really bad with like the Wii because of the jerkiness of it. It would it yeah. wouldn't be one to one. It would be really weird. And uh, yeah, I, that's the kind of stuff I'm excited for. And I, it almost makes me not even want to buy 
a headset if it didn't come with those controllers anyway, or if like I, I would have to buy those controllers because it looks like the coolest stuff is like the surgeon simulator and stuff like that, where it's like, I mean, you should look up the videos if you haven't seen them. Using two hands, you pick up one item, you put the other item in the other item, you throw it wherever you want, and it looks so easy. And and it just looks way better than I thought it would. Uh, the technology is is very impressive. So that that's, that's the stuff that I think is going to really impress people. I don't think people are going to be super impressed with this shitty-looking uh, Oculus demo that someone paid $15 for that that one of them moved one slot at a time. Like you're on a grid of squares almost and it's in 3d, but mm. you like move one slot. It just, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, we've gone back 20 years. It's like you're playing mist. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, <sighs> enough of that. Uh, that's VR. That's, that's the, the VR update. I'm still really excited for it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think, I think playing a game like Elite Dangerous would be fantastic. I'll, I'll probably buy like a second or third generation VR. Yeah. I might even buy first generation, but I'm not going to do it this year. So, it's cool stuff. Yeah. Is there any other news worth talking about? Not that I know, but I've been basically unplugged from any of this crap. Well, that might be the end of the podcast, then. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Um, Guys, thanks for listening. You've been great, as always. You listened to me talk about Stinky Milk. You were together with us as I removed my pants. I love you. Good night. Good night, everyone.